How many of you guys heard of Dr. Li? Wen Li. The Chinese doctor who was the, who was the whistleblower that said there's a virus and it's going to spread. They, they said that they, the, that the Communist Party locked, knocked on his door and they told him that he had to recant that he had said that this coronavirus was a real epidemic and they told him you better go out and say that it was a mistake and that it's not so, it's not true and within days he was missing. The people that listened to him and that believed him began to write essays calling for free speech and blaming the government for Li's death. A Beijing law professor wrote in a quickly banned essay the coronavirus epidemic has revealed the rotten core of Chinese government. He said the Chinese people's anger is volcanic and that a people thus enraged may in the end also cast aside their fear. Zhu called for citizens to demand free speech and elections. Censors quickly scrubbed the essay from the internet and authorities placed him under house arrest for days. I ran on to read this article and, and it, it and they, they said how, you know, th this one guy said that the church is fully equipped in China with the answers to face this situation. The church is given eternal truth that goes beyond the suffering of the world. But they try to shut down the voices of the church in China. But notice that these people were trying to vocalize what was happening in China. But it's far greater than that. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the angels will sound a trumpet and there's widespread uh, 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 influence or pestilence will go throughout the whole world. Could you imagine that this virus is worldwide? Now, I know that it's hyped up. I understand it's hyped up. Uh, in New Mexico, we have 10 cases, verified cases. I understand the virus is real, but it's a war of the mouth. It's a war of the mouth. And people who you listen to on a regular basis, you sit in front of the TV, you've never met them, you've never seen them in person, and they tell you, man, tissue is selling out. How would we know to go run to the store and buy a bunch of tissue and supplies if they hadn't told us so? It's gone viral. The influence of the mouth has gone viral. I mean, could you imagine the fear and the panic has infected and influenced more people than the actual virus? Revelations 11. Now, we know who the beast is. We know who the witnesses are. We know who the Antichrist is, where we know his influence. We don't know who he is. We don't know if it's a spirit or a church or a demagogue. We don't know exactly if it's going to be a person or, a, or a, 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 an influence, a religion. We don't know. But we know that there was two witnesses of Revelation 11 who in, in the future may come. And the Bible says that the beast will try to silence them and they will be killed on the streets of Jerusalem. But three days later, they will rise again. But I want you just for a minute just to look at just verse 1 for just a second. In Revelations 1. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. 
You know, those who worship there, notice that there is an angel with a measuring rod or a measuring stick, and he's measuring those who are in the place of worship. I'm so glad you're in church this morning. I'm so glad you're in here and not out there. I am so glad that right now you are live and in person, and I'm preaching to a church, because I tell you right now that the church of Jesus Christ worldwide is being measured. It's being measured. And those who are the church will be revealed. And those that are outside of the church will soon be found out. Now I know this is prophetic, but the church is being measured. Your faith will be measured. Your tests will be measured. Your marriage will be measured. Your family will be measured. And so this prophet... This, this, this angel comes to, to John. He says, I'm giving you a reed like a measuring rod. You know, I was reading one of the commentaries that I had, and, and I, I didn't want to share this, but this, this commentary I read, he said that the design of this measuring seems to be the preservation of the church in times of public danger for its trial or for its reformation. The church will go through a severe trial during these times and we're either going to be reformed or we're going to walk away from the church. And the worshipers must be measured whether they make God's glory their end and his word their rule in all their acts of worship. Now I'm fine with putting our messages on the internet and having a video stream. But I couldn't see myself preaching to empty pews and empty chairs without a soul in our church. And the church has succumbed to the video or to the spear and the, and the network TV. The power that they have. Let's go to Revelations chapter 9. I know there's a lot in Revelation. I'm just trying to give you a couple snippets. You know, I could have preached... One of my other 700 messages on hope and peace and love and prosperity and grace and all the things that I've been fired up over the years. But I tell you what, if there were a last arrow in my repertoire of sermons, this would be it. This would be it. And I'm not preaching fear and condemnation and hell and destruction. That's not my purpose here today. But how many of you guys know that hell is not a vacation destination? Hell is for eternity. And right now, it's temporal. And I'll show you in the Bible that we're being tested for a few months. This virus started in January. We're already into the third month of it. You know, all the other epidemics and viruses and diseases that we've been plagued with over the years, they're like spurts for several months. But the eternal effects of all these plagues will be for eternity, for eternity, for eternity. I'm going to show you in the Bible. Now, I didn't, get, I didn't get some revelation, you know, spend hours and hours fasting and prayer. I've been teaching this to the kids. And on my way to Ridoso, I picked up the Bible, started reading Revelation, is reading it, reading, reading it. I just said, Lord, just give, me a, just give me a snippet, you know. I don't profess to be wanting to write a book on a divine revelation of hell or a prophetic message, but I really believe that this is prophetic. 
In verse 13 of chapter 8, we don't have it on the screen, so just hold your place there. On verse 1 of chapter 9, it says in Revelations 8, 13, And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of the heaven. Notice those people in China were trying to get the message out. There's a virus. There's a virus. There's a virus. But watch this. But an angel in heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe. Now if you continue reading the chapters, you'll see the three woes. I'm going to focus in on the first woe this morning. And the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Now we think those people in China had a voice. And they thought they were going to be silenced. But this was far greater than their voice. Verse 1 of chapter 9 says, Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a staff or a star falling from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now we know that Satan had the keys to the bottomless pit and Jesus went there, Bible says, to that place of darkness, which the bottomless pit is a place in hell. And the Bible says that Jesus took the keys away from the one who had the keys of death and Hades. And he opened the bottomless pit and smoke. Somebody say smoke. And smoke arose. Not your vaping smoke. No, smoke arose. How many of you guys, you guys heard the term, uh, what do they call it, guys? Vaping? What, what is it? Clouds? Making clouds? The, the devil's making a cloud right now. He's vaping. That's what the devil's doing. And he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. What's the smoke coming from? Coming from hell. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Where's this smoke coming from? Where's this dude vaping at right now? He's in hell. And smoke is being released from this bottomless pit. And what is the smoke? He says, and out of the smoke, locust. Locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were commanded... Not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Real quickly, again, as I was reading this commentary, and I'm just going to comment on it, but, but I want to get a little bit further. We know that the person coming out of the bottomless pit is sending out locusts. And you're going to see what they're doing, and we've experienced that this several weeks. On the opening of the bottomless pit, there arose great smoke. The devil carries on his designs by blinding the eyes of men and putting out light and knowledge and promoting ignorance and error. You seen people acting in ignorance and error this week? You ever been blinded by smoke? Have you ever been in the smoke and your eyes begin to water? But have you ever been in the presence of smoke? And what it, what it can do to you real quick? Out of this smoke there came a swarm of locusts, emblems of the devil's agents who promote superstition. The world's going to end. There's not going to be no more tissue. Oh my God. <laughs> Idolatry. Notice how quickly the devil can shut down our entertainment. 
Notice how quickly he's got influence over entertainment and gathering and concerts. He says, the trees and the grass, and I'll prove this to you, are the believers. Whether young or more advanced, they should be untouched. But a secret poison and infection in the soul should rob many others of impurity or purity and afterwards of peace. Notice the locust has no power to hurt those who had the seal of God. God's all-powerful distinguishing grace will keep people from total and final apostasy. He's the only power that can keep us together. The power is limited to a short season. It's just a season. You're going to be able to go to the grocery store next week and buy your favorite roll of tissue, the quilted one. If you have any quilted northern's finest tissue, send us some. I've been using newspaper. I'm just kidding. But let's go to verse 4 of chapter 9. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them. And boy, they have. Anybody been tormented, be honest? You see people tormented? For five months, their torment was like the torment of a scorpion was it strikes a man. Notice this. In those days, men will seek death and they, they will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. I don't think we're there yet, but we're experiencing a sort of hell. Let me prove to you from the Bible that the grass that is not touched is you and I. The Bible says all flesh is grass. The Bible says that as the grass grows up, it withers and dies. As for man, the Bible says his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. In the book of 1 Peter, the Bible says all flesh is grass. So the grass that will not be touched is the men and women who have the seal of God on their foreheads. It is the seal, those who have the seal of God on their foreheads that will not be touched. Notice the scorpion's influence in Revelations 9, verse 19. They're following me in the back real good this morning. For their power is in their mouth. Whose power? The scorpion's power, the locust's power is in their mouth. And with their mouth, they can say a whole lot of things. They can explode things. They can make things bigger than they actually are. And in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. I don't know if this is, now again, I'm not saying this is a revelation or I got this secret knowledge. God's not going to show me anything he won't show you if you just read the Bible. But think of this scorpion with hells, with the tail and heads. I think of it as networks. And how easy a network of heads can just... You know what comes next? The mark of the beast. No one's able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. If you want right now in Albuquerque, if you think you have the virus, you can drive through and get checked with the little radar. Beep, and they'll scan you, see if you're, you're virus free. 
What is it that would keep them from saying, well, we're going to let you pass by, get a chip, and then you can go to the grocery store. Now, I'm not trying to scare and gloom and doom you. This is just what I was thinking as I was reading this. Notice, for their power is their mouth. People we've never even met, we've never had a conversation with, who are telling us over the networks, over TV, and how much of an influence they have over us, and the decisions that we make day to day. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them are with them they do harm. Notice the Bible says that they are like serpents. And they have crowns on their head. In other words, they want to reign with terror and torment. Jesus reigns with peace and love and joy. He reigns with his Holy Spirit. Amen. He reigns not in fear, but in victory. So they're the opposite. For their power is in their mouth. You know, God forbid that one of you guys were to get the virus. I were to get the virus. But I'm more concerned about on who the virus and the plague has no effect. All of you guys are looking at me like you're afraid. But if, if I got the plague or I got the virus and I die, I go to be with Jesus. You go to be with Jesus. But the ones we should be concerned about are the people that the virus did not touch and they did not repent. You got to back up a little bit, guys. The ones who the plague did not touch, notice this, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by the plague did not repent of the work of their hands. Notice, and then the last verse, in verse 21 says, and they did not repent. In other words, they didn't, they didn't have a turnaround. They didn't have an effect on them. I mean, if you get the plague, if you get the virus, if, if you get the flu, whatever you die of, if you, I mean, God forbid that God take you home early. But, I mean, as long as you're repented, you're going to be okay. But the Bible says that some will not be touched by the plague and they won't even be convicted. They will not repent. Hell and destruction, Proverbs chapter 7 said, are never full. The devil is not ever satisfied. He's mocking, I believe right now, the church of Jesus Christ. That if a little simple flu of, or smoke from the pits of hell can keep us away from each other, what else could he bring to cause us to pull us away from the church, to stop forsaking the assembly of the saints? Notice, that the smoke, where does the smoke come from? I tell you how we're experiencing hell on earth. If you don't believe me, Revelations 14 says, And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image. So this smoke, the Bible says that's coming out of this bottomless pit, is the smoke that people will be in forever and ever. So the smoke and the pestilence and the plague and the locusts are, are, I guess you could say, coming out of the pit. And eventually, those who do not repent will be with them forever and ever and in torment. Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 43, they have it on your screen. He was actually quoting Isaiah the prophet. 
He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed. He's talking there about heaven. Maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell. Where the fire is not quenched, where the worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Pluck it out. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Notice the Bible says that they did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not repent of their idol worship. It's like Satan's trying to tell us, hey, I'm going to shut out these celebrity people from your life for a while. The idols that you look up to. Running back and forth with a piece of leather. Oh, look how many points he scored. He's the greatest. Who's the greatest? He's the greatest. No, he's the greatest of all time. No, they're the greatest of all time. He is the greatest and he will remain the greatest. And if you don't give him the worship that is due him, you will not be great. Hell, the Bible gives us names for hell. The first one is Gehenna. Gehenna. It was the place or the valley of Hinnom. Basically is where the discards were thrown. It was, it, was a, it was a swamp. It was a dump that was constantly burning. And you could see it out in Jerusalem. It's a, it's a literal place. It was a literal place in biblical times. A valley of Hinnom. The Bible describes death and Hades. Uh, follow this serpent or follow these locusts. Death and Hades, five times. The Bible uh, links these two words together, death and Hades. Death and Hades, uh, also known as Tarpus. Death and Hades is a, basically a prison house. The Bible says that these demons are reserved and they're, they're, they're locked up right now in hell, but some of them have broken loose. In Jesus' time, the Bible says that there was a young man that was bound by the devil and he, had, he was demon-possessed. And the Bible says that he could not, they could not even keep him held with chains. Tarpus, a prison house. That's where Christ went and preached uh, there to the paradise to, to release those that had died before him who believed. The abyss, the bottomless pit, or shill, a place of torment for the wicked. And the last place... The eternal place, those the Bible says who will experience the second death, according to Revelation 21, will go to the lake of fire. So hell will be a place of torment where their worm does not die. Jesus said three times, their worm does not die, their worm does not die. Now we all know that we're dust and ashes, and to dust and ashes we shall return. But the Bible says in the eternity of hell fire that the worm will not die. What's the worm that will not die? I should have cut it off. I should have stopped following my ways. The Bible says, Jesus said, cut your hand off if it causes you to sin. Cut your foot off if it causes you to sin. But Jesus is saying, and he's warning us, where the worm does not die in hell, there will be people there who are constantly reminded of I should have repented. I should have listened to that preacher. I should have listened to my mom. But just as God is reserving, the Bible says, hell and the demons for destruction, he's reserving you. The Bible says he's keeping you right now. And the same God that's keeping you 
is keeping the demons reserved for their time. What did the demon tell Jesus? Have you come to torment us before our time? Satan's power is limited. And the Bible says that like scorpions, they will sting like the sting of a scorpion and they will torment for five months. It's temporal. It's not all powerful. They're not all powerful, but they can inflict pain and torment and they want to torment before their time. In 2 Peter chapter 2, watch, listen to this. In 2 Peter chapter 2, it says, For God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness. Notice this, to be reserved for judgment. Notice that word reserved is the same word as kept in the Bible. He's keeping them for judgment. And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood on the world of the ungodly. Notice the God, we know from 2 Thessalonians, the Bible says that we are not reserved for wrath. But as Christians, we're going to see wrath. You know, over the years, I've read a lot of books and have studied with a lot of different preachers. And some would say, well, what's your, what's your position on the rapture of the church, on the tribulation? Here's my position. I'm here right now, and I'm till I'm here right now, we got a job to do, and as long as you're here and Jesus hasn't come, you don't fear a plague, you don't fear a mark, you don't fear a sting. If you got to live through it to get to it, then I'll live for it to get for it because he's able to keep me. He's able to keep me. He's able to keep me through the storm. He's able to keep me through the temptation. He can keep me going through without toilet paper. He can keep me. He can keep me. Somebody said, he can keep me. He can keep me. But I wonder how many of us can keep him. You know, the Bible says, I'm going to get somewhere in just a minute. The Bible says that when Mary heard the words of Jesus, she kept his words. Jesus said, all those who keep my commandments, my father will keep him. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, in his great mercy. We were singing about that earlier. He has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice there's no resurrection without death. But God is able to keep you alive. And if he doesn't, guess what? I'm coming alive. And to, and to an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade away. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Notice that word kept. It's reserved in heaven for you. In other words, he's keeping you because he's made reservations for you. Who through faith, notice, are kept. In the NIV, the word is kept. In the King James, it's shielded. God is shielding you by his power until the coming of the salvation. Now, you may be tormented by the plague, or you may be tormented by a scorpion that stings, or you may be tormented or a little bit foggy with the smoke that has arisen out of the temple, but if you go through it, he's able to keep you. And not for destruction, but for life until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. 
That word kept in the Greek is the word terio or feru or terio. And that word means that God is able to keep watch, to guard you. In other words, God is, God's got his military and he's, he's standing guard. He's your sentinel. He's watching over your life. He's watching over your babies. Been thinking about what about my shorty? And God said, Don't worry about him. I'm guarding him. I'm keeping him. You know, the world starts to panic and you don't got your family together. And what about them? And what about them? And I say, Lord God, if I don't get touched by the plague, I still want to be able to repent. And if you're in church here this morning, you have an opportunity to repent. Amen. That God this morning has given us an opportunity to make things right with Him because He has not created heaven or hell for us. But He has reserved an inheritance for us that can never perish. The Bible says that the world, they do it for a corruptible crown. And let me tell you right now, those NBA championships and those NCAA championships, they don't mean nothing right now. As a matter of fact, they ain't getting one this year. But I'm going to get one. I'm going to get a reward. The Bible says we do it for an imperishable crown. For an imperishable crown. You know, the devil's out there with his little crown on his tail, on his heads. You know, the networks, they're crowned right now. They got all the power, the vocal power. And so the Lord God is able to keep you with living hope. If you take anything away this morning, it's living hope. I got living hope. I may have fever and I may die of a fever. Perhaps, God forbid, I die in a car accident or some other way. But God is able to keep you. So you got living hope. And lastly, you have an everlasting good hope. Good hope, the Bible says. We're given the hope of glory, but also good hope. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Notice, stay on guard. Keep what was being entrusted to you. Stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation, everlasting hope, and good hope by grace. Notice that we got everlasting hope and good hope. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good Work. I don't know about you, but I refuse to live in torment. This torment will pass. But this smoke that has arisen out of this pit are these locusts with their tails and their heads on their tails. It's just a sign of what's to come in eternity. They're coming up out of that bottomless pit right now. They're being unchained. And they know that they're reserved for darkness. They know that they're reserved for eternal damnation and eternal punishment. And right now, before their time,
God is allowing them because the Bible says that they were given limited authority, limited power. And he's only doing it to wake us up. Not to bring fear and torment us, but to remind us that I have a living hope. I have a good hope. I have an inheritance reserved in heaven for me. And so the same God that's reserving and keeping the devil for hell and damnation and fire is able to keep me through the storm. The same God that is keeping them for judgment is keeping me and he's keeping you and he's keeping your children. And he's able to keep us and to deliver us to him. Would you stand to your feet? The Bible says in Revelations 20 verse 15, every person's name who is not found written in the book of life will be a permanent resident in hell. And how many of you guys know that hell is not a vacation destination?